Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, last night, uh, I went to bed with uh, Psalm 27 on my mind. And uh, recently I preached out of Psalm 27 uh, over in Honolulu. And uh, so I just still had that in my spirit. So I told Jesse this morning, let's go for Psalm 27. I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. Well, I know what I'm going to say, but I do not know what Jesse's going to say. (laughs) Only God knows what Jesse is going to say. Hallelujah. Psalm 27 and verse 4. That's the one verse we're going to focus on. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To dwell in the house of the Lord speaks of being in his presence. How often did he want to be in the presence of God? All the days of my life. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Not only that, but the Bible says in his presence, the enemy, the avenger is stopped and stilled. That means in God's presence, every assignment of the devil against you is canceled. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a shout if you believe that. Praise God. Say this, one thing I desire above everything else is to be in the presence of God all the days of my life. Lift up both hands and say, Lord, I receive that request met. And give him praise for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that will I pursue, is to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. So his desire, his number one desire was threefold. To be in the presence of God all the days of his life. I like to say every day of my life. To be in God's presence every day of my life. Number two is to behold the beauty of the Lord. And then number three is to inquire in his temple. Amen. There's nothing like being in God's presence and receiving revelation. Can you say amen? amen? Being in God's presence and receiving revelation. But I want to focus on beholding the beauty of the Lord. Another translation talks about uh, his grandeur. Amen. Yeah. Beholding the grandeur of the Lord. And when you talk about the grandeur of the Lord, you have to include his power, his mighty acts, his wondrous works. The beauty of the Lord also consists of a revelation of the character of God. And the three primary things that the Bible talks about referring to the character of God. Number one, God is love. Number two, God is good. And number three, he's, he is a faithful God. Say that with me. God is love. God is good. And God is faithful. Say it again. God is love. God is good. And God is faithful. 
Let's do it one more time. God is love. God is is good. good. And God is faithful. faithful. And I am thoroughly convinced if that becomes a revelation to you, those three simple facts about God, if that becomes a revelation to you, your days of failure and defeat are over. If you know God loves you, if you know God is a good God, amen, and if you know God is faithful, you can overcome in every area of your life. Satan will never defeat you again. Amen. So we want to focus on this morning, the beauty of the Lord, the beauty of the Lord. Who else do you know that is like unto our God? The psalmist said, no one. Other writers in the Bible said, there's no God like our God. Amen. No God like our God. Many of you have heard the testimony. I've shared it many times over the years of uh, when Carolyn and I first began this walk of faith uh, together. Uh, shortly after that, our daughter Terry was just a few months old and in the nursery there at Life Tabernacle in Shreveport. Uh, the nursery attendant rocked over her fingers when she was crawling on the floor in the nursery. And the nursery attendant was a heavyset woman, and she cut these two fingers off right behind the first joint. And uh, the nursery attendant come running in the auditorium. Brother Copeland was speaking, and she, she uh, began to cry out for me. And Terry was just crying at the top of her voice. We didn't know what happened. Brother Copeland had just got through. Uh, making the statement that once the word is sown, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. He was preaching out of Mark chapter 4, the sower soweth the word. I was captivated by his teaching. We heard the scream, but I had no thought of it might being one of my daughters. But when that nursery attendant come running in there with Terry and bloods all over that nursery attendant, Terry crying and the lady crying out for, for me, I stood up and uh, went to to take Terry in my arms. Of course, blood got all over me, and I still don't know what's happened to her at this point. And uh, Brother Copeland, you know, I turned to see what he was going to do. Because this is the first man I'd ever heard preach faith. He didn't preach about you ought to have faith. Here's what faith will do. And one day when you get to heaven, you can get some. No, he, he told us how to do it. I mean, you know, I, was, I came out of a paint body shop. Uh, I studied manuals all my young life on how to do things mechanically. You know, my dad was in that business, and he gave me all of his books that General Motors had given him. And, and I'd read those books. And, uh, and, and if you followed the manual and did what they told you to do, then you'd get their results. And that's the way Brother Copeland's teaching was. He wasn't just a... a uh, uh, teaching we ought to, he showed us how. Yeah. Amen. And so I'm, I'm, I'm stirred in my faith, you know, by listening to him. But I turned to look at him and see how he would respond to this because it happened in his meeting. And it was the last day of his services there. And I'll be honest with you. If he had responded any other way than the way he did, I probably wouldn't be here today. 
I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Because it's one thing to preach faith, it's something else to live it. Amen. And when he walked off that platform, back in those days, they wore those lavalier mics around the neck, you know, and they were hooked to the uh, amplifier and so forth. He had to take that microphone off to walk out there toward the front row. And he put his hands on Terry. And about this tone of voice, in the name of Jesus, I command the bleeding to cease and the pain to stop. Amen. Terry quit crying, laid her hand on my shoulder and closed her eyes. Brother Copeland walked back to the podium and said, now I'm not through preaching. Pay attention to me. I left the auditorium to go into the men's restroom to just wash the blood off of me and off of Terry. And she's not crying at all. And it's, that's when I discovered what had happened. I didn't know what had happened at this point. And I saw these two fingers cut off. And of course, fear tried to grip me. And I had remembered, I remembered reading a scripture just a few days before from the book of Jude. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. Well, if there's anything I needed right now was some holy faith. Hallelujah. So I started praying in tongues. And just about the time I was uh, really, you know, uh, turning up the, the volume with my tongues, the nursery attendant knocked on the door and said, Brother Jerry, can I come in? And she came in and she said, I didn't know what to do with these. I found these in the floor. And she put those little tiny fingertips in my palm of my hand. Have you ever seen a little baby's fingertips cut off and put in the palm of your hand? When I saw that, I thought right then, I'd have rather somebody cut my right arm off right then than see what I'm seeing in the palm of my hand. And I felt that fear trying to grip me again. So I started praying in tongues again. And the more I prayed in tongues, fear left and faith came. And I I took a piece of uh, a a tissue and I placed those fingertips in it and folded it up and put it in my shirt pocket. And then I held my Bible up to the book of Isaiah. I said, God, you said this. Now I'm a young believer. God, you said this. That not one word that you speak out of your mouth will return unto you void. I'm returning your word right now. And Jesus said in the 11th chapter of Mark that if I will believe in my heart and not doubt that I can have whatever I say. So I said, God, I believe that you will restore my baby's fingers. Amen. And so uh, I closed my Bible and I walked out to the front row and sat down next to Carolyn and listened to Brother Copeland finish his sermon. When he got through, he walked over to me and he said, what happened to her? And I said, her fingers were cut off. And I showed him. And he said, now, what do you believe? What are you and Carolyn believing? He said, we believe God will restore our baby's fingers. He said, then I set myself in agreement with that. He said, now let me advise you, take her to the doctor because you can't leave those those fingers exposed like that. You take her, but don't you let them talk you into anything other than what you believe. And so we took her to the doctor. And when we walked in the, the hospital there, I mean, the people were somewhat shocked that this baby's not screaming in pain. And so they called 
uh, Dr. Simon Wall. I will never forget that name as long as I live. Dr. Simon Wall to come, who was one of the leading plastic surgeons in the state of Louisiana at that time. And he uh, looked at her and I said, I have these fingertips, thinking that he might be able to reattach them. And he looked at him and he said, the tissue's dead, the nerve's dead. And we watched that doctor take our baby's fingers and throw them in the trash. <laughs> oh, the jar, yeah, floated down. Well, it was trash. And uh, boy, it's a good thing I'd just gotten saved. <laughs> I wanted to slap him so bad, you know. And, uh, and he kept saying, you know, there's nothing I can do. I can't reattach the fingers. All I can do is do a skin graft and take a piece of skin from her hip and cover them up. And they'll never be normal. They'll never have nails. Uh, she's going to have to, you know, live with this for the rest of her life. We said, no, sir, our God will restore our baby's fingers. He said, that's medically impossible. I said, maybe with your God, because he had Buddha statues in his office. And Buddha can't do things like this. Seemed like to me all Buddha does is get fatter and fatter and uglier and uglier, you know. But, but uh, Buddha can't do things like this. I said, no, not your God, my God. Our God will restore our baby's fingers. He turned to Carolyn and said, your husband is in shock. He said, no, sir, uh, we, we believe God and God will restore our baby's fingers. Then we told him, you do what you can do. Take it as far as medical science can take it and God will do the rest. So he took her into surgery and took a piece of skin from her hip and covered those fingertips up and uh, told, her to, told us to keep her there overnight. I told Carolyn, I said, tonight is Brother Copeland's last service. I'm going, and I'm going to hear him preach. And when I get out of that service, I'll come back here and preach to you what I heard him preach. Because we want our faith on the same level. You know, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. And so they released her the next morning. Carolyn spent the night up there and released her the next morning. And, uh, you know, the doctor's telling us, don't get your hopes up and all that kind of thing. But... He was too late. Our, our hope and our faith was higher than a Georgia pine tree. We knew that we knew that we knew that God was going to restore our baby's faith. Now, some of the church people came to visit. You know, they were there when it happened. Some of the church people came to visit. And the first one that told me, we don't know why God did this. God moves in mysterious ways. I said, there's the door. Get out of my house. <laughs> Somebody else would come and say, you know, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Get out of my house. I'm protecting my faith. Now, I made some people mad, but I didn't care. Wasn't their miracle as my miracle. We, we can smooth it over later. Right now, I'm believing God for a miracle. Amen. And so he said, bring, us, bring her back in six weeks. And uh, so we had gotten a, a little card in the mail. From Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And I'd never seen Kenneth Hagin before. I didn't know what he looked like. But Brother Copeland spoke of him often. Things that he'd learned from Kenneth Hagin. I don't know how we got that card in the mail. We were not on his mailing list or anything. And he said he was going to be in Tyler, Texas. And uh, that was about 100 miles from our house. 
And we determined that we were going to be in that meeting because faith cometh by here. And I thought, if Kenneth Copeland listens to this man, I'm going to listen to this man. So we drove to Tyler, Texas and uh, got over there in a little small hotel ballroom. Probably wasn't more than, I don't know, maybe a hundred people or so. And, uh, and so on the way over there, we believed for a front row seat. We were confessing we're going to have a front row seat. Well, by the time we got there, uh, this man came out and said, I'm sorry, uh, the auditorium is full and we don't have any more chairs. And we kept believing we was going to have that front row seat. And about that time, a man walked up and he said uh, uh, to the usher, I found three more chairs. He said, well, where are you going to put them? He said, the only place I can put them is on the front of the front row. He said, y'all got front row seats. Amen. And, and I'm there where I'm this close to Kenneth Hagin. And I was captivated, just like the way I was hearing Oral Roberts the first time I, I heard a message of faith in 1957. I was captivated by everything Kenneth Hagin said. When he got through preaching, I told Carol, I said, we don't even need a car to get home. I'm, I'm flying high in faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the next morning when we took her to the doctor and he cut the bandages off, of course, there's some other details that I'm, I'm trying to limit my time here. But when she took her to the doctor the next morning, cut the bandages off, the doctor said, my God. And we looked and the fingers were back, the nails were back, everything had been restored, hallelujah. I looked at Dr. Simon Wall and I said, no sir, not your God, my God, hallelujah. See, we just witnessed the beauty of the Lord, hallelujah. The beauty of the Lord is he can do things that nobody else can do. He can do what medical science can't do. He can do what the top surgeons in the world can't do. Amen. No wonder David said, one thing do I desire to be in the presence of God all the days of my life and to behold, in other words, to experience the beauty of the Lord. My God is love. My God is good. And my God is faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. What did he see? He saw the beauty of the Lord. He saw the goodness of God. Put Psalms 34, 8 on, on back. When you understand, it says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. And if he's good, then you're good. The world always tells you you're bad, but you made in the image of God because you are good. It makes no difference what they say. It makes all the difference what God says. And he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, empowered to prosper is the man that trusted in him. Do you trust in God? Yeah. See, that's what that doctor saw. He saw the beauty of the Lord. And you'll always see the beauty of God through a miracle. When a miracle begins to take place, the beauty of God begins to come out. The character of God comes out. What is this character? If Jesus is the way, you can't get lost. If he's the truth, you cannot be deceived. And if he's the life, the devil can't kill you. You understand what I'm saying? He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And that's what your daddy said. Something good is going to happen to you today. That's what I'm talking about. The beauty of the Lord, the love of God. How did God get good? Oh my God, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed. What did he do? He anointed Jesus Christ and that with the Holy Ghost. And what? 
the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing what? Good. What does that word good mean? Philanthropy. Everywhere Jesus went, he was blessing in the city, blessing in the field, blessing going in, blessing going. You, you couldn't even stay dead, ladies and gentlemen. He walked by dead people. Get up. And the guy said, I never want to be dead anyway. And he just went home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the kind of God we serve. Buddha don't have that. That's why they use God's name in vain all the time. They never, you, you know, you hear them say, God damns this and God, God don't damn nothing. Yeah, but they'll always use God's name. Have you ever seen somebody cuss and say, Buddha damn? No. You know why? Because Buddha is already damned. But Jesus is alive and doing well. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I think I'm going to buy this tape myself. Praise God. So if you understand the beauty of God then you're going to understand the presence of God. Sometimes I just look at Kathy and say, what are you looking at? I said, your beauty. But she said, Jesse, I'm getting old, not in my eyes. I said, what about me, Kathy? And she don't say nothing. But uh, no, no. <laughs> you know, when you understand what God is, you should have seen me when I was young. I was beautiful. I'd have married myself. <laughs> I had a body. Woo, Lord. Girls would just, just put their finger and just to touch my six pack. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Person. But when you understand God's word, people say, why are you excited? I've been in his presence. You understand? He calls me. I call him Jesus. He called me Jesse. He don't call me a, a Reverend Duplantis. And I don't call him Reverend Christ. Why? Relationship, relationship, fellowship, which brings beauty and character. I've had many opportunities to sin. I just don't take any. I've had many opportunities to fail. I don't take any. Why? Because I saw the Lord high and lifted up. The Bible said his train filled the temple. You know what was happening when Isaiah was saying that? You couldn't go in that. You couldn't go where that holiness was because my God, you die. But God's train, he showed the New Testament church, right? That train came out in the outer courts. So now you can walk boldly to the throne of grace with your petition and your supplication with thanksgiving. You got to understand how God looks. I heard a joke the other day, a little five-year-old boy was drawing, and he was feverishly drawing his daddy. He said, what you doing, boy? He said, I'm drawing the face of God, daddy. And his daddy said, son, ain't nobody ever seen God. I mean, they don't know what he looks like. And the little boy said, they're about ready to find out. <laughs> I like that. How, how many of you, when you leave this place, you will bring the beauty of God with you? You'll bring the presence of God. Did you taste and see that the Lord is good? He's good. He's more than good. Because you see, he's not religion. He didn't create Christianity. God the Father created Christ, a person, a reality, someone you could touch. Let me say it again. And if he's the way, you can't get lost. I ain't worried about backsliding. I ain't worried about any of that. Why? Because I've been in his presence. I've been in his beauty. And when the anointing comes upon you, you look better. You talk better. You say, what kind of God we have? Who, what God says, I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you going in. I'll bless you going out. He says, I get pleasure. Listen, everybody say pleasure. I get pleasure in the prosperity of my servant. You know what that means? If you don't ask God for stuff, you take away his pleasure. You understand? The world calls that greed. No, he said, when you get blessed, he goes, whoo, man, look at my kid. He's getting pleasure. And let me tell you something. That's in the Old Testament. That's Psalms 35, 27. I get pleasure. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Pleasure. Hey, so when you get a new car, God going, look at that new car my kids got. People think that's greed. No, that's not greed. That's growth. But then Jesus took it even further into the New Testament. In 3 John 2, he said, beloved, I wish above how many things? How many things? How many things? 
Oh, let me get black with it. How many things, Lord? All. All things. Thou what? Prosper. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that says, hey, all I want to do is bless you. All I want to do is manifest my glory in you. All I want to do is just grab me and just walk together. Why? That's the beauty. That's the presence of God. I've had people say, Brother Jesse, how come you've never failed like some of the people? Because when I got saved, the purity of the gospel went as far as the pollution of sin. You got to let the purity of the gospel go as far as the pollution of sin. It'll cut sin out of your life and you'll have a hard time sinning. Why? Because of God's beauty. Because of God's grace, because of God's presence. And then he gave us gifts, Lord. He gave gifts on them. Well, one of the best is the peace. He said, I give you my peace. So you have the peace of God. You have the peace with God. You have the peace from God. Peace is possession of adequate resource. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Do you understand? And when you understand what God is saying, all he want to do is be a God to you. Just want, I, I, I do the same thing. I can't go to a store without buying my granddaughter something. Or my daughter. I said, just let me bless you. Just let, oh, dad, you've done so much. No, you can't. You have no idea what I can do. I'm El Shaddad. You understand? He's El Shaddai. You have no idea what I can do, but let me, let me. How many times God has had to push us to let him bless us? Because the church world for 2,000 years wants you poor. Poverty is a curse. The first sermon Jesus ever preached was Luke chapter 4 to a synagogue of people. And the first thing he said was, he said, I only say what my father says and I only do what my father says to do. What did he say? He said, the spirit of the Lord God's upon me. For he hath anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to what? To the poor. The problem with the church where we have financed poverty instead of eradicating poverty. When is, when is the, the starving baby in Africa going to get full? Every year. Same thing. Now, because it never changes. But if you've seen the beauty of God, if you understand the character of God, and you have tasted and seen that he is good, the baby going to get fat. You understand? The baby's bloated belly going to go down, and they're going to be blessed. That's the kind of God we serve. And he wants you. His will be done where? 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 When are you going to start living here in Crowley, wherever you live, like you will live in heaven? When are you going to have a mansion that you can walk in? Why don't you take the, you can take the criticism of the world, but you better have the blessing of God in your life. You see what I'm saying? You need to live here. Some of y'all, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to my class. You, you, can't, you can't get no mansion. Why? Because you trailer minded. You understand what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with a trailer, but God's trying to take you higher. He's just trying, let me bless you. 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 That's what he said. I washed your sin away, man. There's nothing against you. Your, your slate is clean. That's the beauty of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Never once does he criticize. Never whatsoever at all. My daughter can do no wrong. My granddaughter can do no wrong. My daughter will be 47 years old next month, and I have never told her no. Not one time. Why? Because I don't know how. My granddaughter's 10 and a half. I've never told her no. I don't care. Because everything they say sounds good to me. Well, everything I say, you will get mad at this, sounds good to God. <laughs> why? That's in his presence. I mean, why leave his presence? Why get discouraged? How many of you have been knowing me for years? You ever saw me discouraged? Depressed, despondent, broke, sick. I'm so blessed. That blessing of the Lord and make it rich. You got to to hear my translation. The blessing of the Lord make it richer. I'm already rich. I'm getting richer. <laughs> oh, I lost you over there. I'm going over here because you ain't hear what I say. The blessing of the Lord, brother, make it richer. And there never been a lick of sorrow in any of it. 
Why? Because God's word is true. But when you get in his presence, oh, Lord Jesus. And I am not ashamed because when I was saved, I drank, cussed, screamed, hollered in public. I do the same thing now, but for the Lord. I stand up in the restaurant. I go, did anybody pray over their food? They go, oh, <laughs> I don't care. Because the only Jesus some people may ever see is the Jesus in you or the Jesus in me. So show him his beauty. Show him his presence. Show that love. Show that goodness. Oh, when you understand that goodness of God. Oh, Lord. You, you, your mind cannot grasp it all. We've been limited by unhealthy teaching. Unhealthy teaching, which means limitation. I know that sounds right, but man, you can't expect that. Yes, you can. Why? Because what God birthed in you will be birthed. Let me tell you something about a baby. When a woman's pregnant, that baby will be birthed alive or be birthed dead. But it's going to be birthed. Now, you want it birthed alive. You want to be that blessing. You were believing God for those fingers to come back. But the doctor can't understand. See, when people see the beauty in the presence of God, that's why they go, oh, my God. Because it goes against all intellectual activity, all range and research, all induction and reasoning. You see, so when I read Isaiah, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Ha. What did he saw? Go back to Jerry's verse. The beauty of the Lord. The presence of God Almighty. Not long ago, I was in my room sleeping, and I woke up, and the Lord was in my room. I said, what? What do you want? He said, nothing. I was watching you sleep. I said, you were? He said, yes. You know where I learned that from? I said, no. He said, you. He said, do you remember when Jody was a little baby? You'd come in off. I mean, you was a rocket all messed up, but you'd walk in her bedroom and watch that baby sleep. And I'd get close and listen to her breathe. Why? Because there was, she was beautiful. She was wonderful sleeping. And I mean, I, the Lord was speaking this to me. All of a sudden, I heard Kathy go, you know, she, you know. Let me just say this. When you get older, you make a lot of noises. You get a lot, a lot of noises begin to take place. <laughs> you know, it's the truth. <laughs> you know how many old elderly people? No, don't say that. Anyway, what I'm saying, you make a lot of noises. And I, I, he said, Kathy's sleeping. And then I, I listened, and I listened to her breathe. It was the same thing. And I thought, my God, God is concerned. I said, this is that all you want? He said, that's all I wanted. I just like being around you, Jesse. Oh, Lord, touch me. I just like being around you. See, I just like being around my granddaughter. I just like being around Kathy. I like being around Jerry and Kathy. We enjoy each other. Oh, it's just so wonderful. Me and God ride motorcycles together. He's told me to slow down many times so I wouldn't get a ticket. You can laugh all you want. He says, cops on the other side. It's the best bu- fuzz buster you ever saw in your life. It's God, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I just, I get real humble. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? When you understand his beauty, when you understand his presence, when you understand his goodness, you got goodness in you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say it again. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with that Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. Let me tell you a little quick story. When Jody bought her first house, and many of you have heard me say that I wanted to bless it, Jerry. I, you know, you, you want to give my house a gift. I've seen you do it to your children, and I wanted to do it, you know. But, you know, Jody's never asked me for nothing. She never pushes me in any way, shape, or form. I mean, she said, I said, listen, I, I got a lot of things prepared for you. She said, Daddy, spend everything you got. I said, I can't. It's too much. Praise <laughs> the Lord. You should have shouted there. You missed it. My God, you understand what I'm saying? 
So you think it's greed. God is filling me up daily, daily, daily. I ain't had a financial deficit in 40 years. I've never had a financial deficit ever in the history of my ministry. Why? Taste and see that the Lord is good. So I told Kathy, listen, finally, we got to get this kid, these kids a, a, a house gift. And so I said, keep your ear to the ground. And man, I went over and saw the house. She said, you like it, daddy? You like it, daddy? I said, yeah. She said, it, it, and you know, and they were so excited. They, but they mortgaged the house. They, 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 they financed, financed the house. And then they bought a new car. So between the house and the car, and them kids are strapped. You know, they, they, it's pretty close. This car just get married and all that kind of stuff. And she said, dad, I'm going to show you something. And she pulled out her architectural digest magazine. And I just looked at it. She said, dad, there's this Persian run on a rug. I mean, we ain't got the money now, Dad. But I mean, we, we want to put that in the foyer, you know, of the door. And when I looked at Kathy, I was, dur, 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 dur. you know, when you've been married long enough, you ain't even got to talk. You just know. So I looked at her, I said, oh, Jody, let me tell you something. Let me and Mom, we're going to, why don't you order it and just send me the bill. Oh, no, Daddy, you can't do that. I didn't show you the, the rug so you could buy it. Don't that sound like the devil making you think that you're asking for something that you don't think you deserve? I said, no, no, I, I want to be, hold on, I can't let you do that, daddy. I said, okay. Got my car and I went home. Went back to her house three months later. I said, are you ever going to put any drapes in this house? You're going to put some curtains? She said, well, daddy, we're not like you and mom. Y'all, y'all, you know, they had sheets. You ever had sheets on the, on the windows, you know, to cover up everything because you ain't got no money? I said, will not you call Mr. Signorelli? He's a man in drapery business. Watch this. All I'm trying to do is being good. Just taste this goodness, Jody, that's inside of me. I said, call him. Get all your fabrics. Get all your blinds. Get, get everything you want. And tell Signorelli to send me the bill. Daddy, I can't let you do You know how much one of those costs, Lord? I didn't ask how much it costs. I said, just do it. She said, I can't let you do that, Daddy. I said, okay. And I walked out the house and I went home. Six months passed. I was flying in, ladies and gentlemen, for a meeting. And she called and she said, Mom, is Dad home? She said, he's not yet. Be here in about 20 minutes. She said, we want to take you and uh, Dad out to dinner. Mr. B's, and that's Jerry's restaurant like mine. And, and tell Dad we pay him. We ain't going to let him pay and that ain't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it ain't going to happen. And uh, so she said, well, I don't know if he's real tired or not, but, you know, we'll do whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll ask him. She said, and we want to pick you all up in our car. Now, I had never been in her new car. It had been six months old. Richard, I'd never been in it, you know. It was an infinity. I think that's what it's called, one of those cars. So I said, she said, you, Kathy said, you're not tired? No, I'm not tired. I said, let's go eat. So, man, I sat in the back seat of that car, and I said, boy, look at this leather. It smell, you know, new. And I said, man, this is a fine car. And they said, and Jody went, you like it, Daddy? And Eddie said, you like it? Oh, said, you know, we're never going to buy another car. That's the first time you ever bought a new car. You're going to buy another car. You know what I'm saying? But you're so excited. So we just driving, man. We just driving. She pulls up at a red light. And I said, Eddie, Jody, did y'all finance this car? She said, yeah, daddy. But they're not giving you. You buy yours cash. I said, where'd you finance it? And I got adjusted on the corner was a savings and loans association. You know what I'm saying? She said, we financed it right there. I said, you did? Yeah. I said, Eddie, why don't you drive over there and I'll pay your car off. And Jody said, let the Lord lead you, daddy. <laughs> just let the Lord lead you, daddy. Hey, daddy. Wow, daddy, just let the Lord lead you, daddy. Well, let me just say, let God lead you. Let his beauty and his presence fill you. My God, five minutes later, her car was paid off, had the title in her hand, and she turned around to me. She said, Dad, is that rug and, and curtain deal still out there? Is it still out there? I said, it's still out there. Oh, but Jody, it's been in a bank for six months, but you would not, you would not let me do it. But when you walk with God and God walks with you and the presence of the Lord is there, guess what happened? You're going to get your blessing. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Praise God. 
Amen. Amen. Another translation says, through experience, taste and see the Lord is good. Through experience. You hear Jesse talk about the blessing of the Lord he's experienced. Blessing of the Lord I've experienced. Others that have experienced. Through experience. That means walking with God every day. Not just on Sunday, every day. Amen. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. You experience the goodness of God when you have faith in Him. When you exercise your faith. Amen. And the Bible says without faith. It's impossible to please God. But it also says that with faith, nothing is impossible. Amen. You have to experience that. You can sit there and say, well, nothing like that ever happens to me. Well, it doesn't happen to us because we don't believe it. We don't exercise our faith. These things didn't happen to Carol and I until we learned how to walk in faith, release our faith. And when we found out that God is love and that God is for us and not against us, that he said no weapon formed against us would prosper. Amen. And that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not anything now, not anything in the future. We got a revelation of the love of God. That's part of the beauty of the Lord. We found out that God is good. Amen. The book of James says that God is the author of every good and every perfect gift. If it's not good, it's not God. Anything that is not good that has taken place in your life, God is not behind it. He's the author of good. Amen. I believe it's Psalm 119.68. I'm not sure, but I think it is. That it says, Thou art good and doest good. That's right. Another translation says, You're not only good, you're the source of good. That's right. God is the source of everything good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But you will never experience that if you don't taste and see. That's right. And you taste and see through faith. Can you say amen? You know, one of my favorite places, and Jesse just mentioned it, I love New Orleans. I love the food there. I love the, the Cajun culture. And, uh, you know, I grew up in North Louisiana. Jesse grew up in South Louisiana. And uh, it's like being in two different countries. People that, that go to South Louisiana and they come up North Louisiana, they, they think they've gone to another state. You know, it's totally different. And, uh, you know, South Louisiana folks consider us Yankees up in North Louisiana. You know, and I always wanted to, I always wanted to be in South Louisiana. I went to college it was right on the border, you know, in Natchitoches, Louisiana. You start experiencing that South Louisiana culture uh, at, at Northwestern. That's where I went to college. And uh, I had roommates that were from Louis, uh, uh, New Orleans. And they'd take me down to New Orleans. And I loved the food. I loved the, the culture. If I could have been born Cajun, I'd have been born Cajun. And when you go eat in New Orleans with a Cajun, like Jesse, oh, I'm telling you, they bring out something, you know, and you taste it. I don't know how in the world they come up with all these sauces. Oh, my goodness, they're so good. And you taste something and you think, that's the best thing I've ever tasted. Jesse, wait till you taste this. And they bring something else out. And you think, how, how, 
could have been any better? He said, you ain't tasted nothing yet. Wait till you taste this. When I know I'm going to New Orleans and I'm going this week, uh, I don't need anything for a few days because I know I'm going to pig out when I get down there. (laughs) And then after all that wonderful Cajun food, see, I'm talking about it because I've experienced it. If you've never experienced it, you don't have a clue. I can smell it right now. (laughs) Amen. In fact, the more I talk about it, I'd like to leave the service right now and just go on down to New Orleans. Can can I come early? (laughs) Amen. And Jesse and Kathy, when we were down there one time, I mean, we ate and we ate and we ate. And, of course, he mentioned Mr. B's. I love Mr. B's. That's my favorite restaurant down there. They got that gumbo yaya. Oh, if you've never tasted gumbo yaya, book a flight after the service and go straight to Mr. B's and tell him to bring you a bowl this big and a straw. Just suck it all up, praise God. I'm in bed some nights and I dream of your gumbo yaya. Sometimes I, I begin talking in tongues and it comes a ya 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 ya. I said, I got the interpretation, Lord. Let's go to New Orleans. <laughs> Why? Because it's good. I've tasted and seen that it's good. And one time we were down there and we ate so much, I could not breathe. I ate so much. I said, Jesse, I can't breathe. I've eaten so much. He said, We're going by Gambino's. I thought he was one of his mafia friends. I said, what are we going to see the mafia for? And so he said, no, they have a bakery down there. And the best, all the best coconut macaroons you ever eat in your life. I said, yeah, I can't eat another bite. He said, no, you got to try this. I said, yes, I cannot eat another bite. You understand? I'm struggling breathing. <laughs> he, no, no, he, he went to Gambino's anyway. He pulls up in there and he comes out with a box full of these coconut macaroons that are this big, about that thick. And he said, taste one of these. I said, I can't do it, Jesse. He said, taste one of them. Just a little bite. Taste one of these. You've never, I love coconut macaroons. He said, but you've never had one like this. I said, Jesse, I can't do it. He said, just a little bite. I said, okay, give me a little bite. I took a little bite and I said, give me the box. It was so good. I dream of gumbo yaya and coconut macaroons. <laughs> Amen. Why? Well, I've tasted. I've had experience. Amen. You, you'll never know how good the Lord is unless you've experienced it. Amen. Unless you've experienced him. Amen. He is so good. So good. He doesn't want just your needs met. He wants even your desires fulfilled. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Carolyn has told me for many years now, she said, I can't think of one thing you've ever dreamed of doing or having or going someplace that God hadn't made it happen for you. And, and everything I've ever dreamed, everything I've ever desired, Everything I've ever wanted, God has made it happen and even better than I dreamed it. Amen. Amen. 
That's how good he is. And I'm not talking about just spiritual things. You know, I, I, I dreamed of having the anointing of God on my life. And I'd, I'd watch Oral Roberts' old tent crusades on film and I'd say, God, trust me with that kind of anointing. Not so I could build a ministry off of it, not so my name would be known around the world, because I care about hurting people. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. I, I wanted the anointing. I, I dreamed of having the anointing of God on my life. But I also dreamed of, you know, having a nice Harley. And he's done both. <laughs> so it's not just spiritual things. Amen. And I, I put God first in my life. I've sought him and his kingdom. And he's added all these things, hallelujah. And even more. You know, sometimes God does things and I say, God, I didn't even ask you for that. Why would you do that? He said, because I know you'll enjoy it. I know it'll bring joy to your life. And if it brings joy to you, it'll bring joy to me. I was never told that growing up. I thought everything I enjoyed, God was against. But no, God is good. God is good. Somebody shout, God is good. So the Bible says God is love. God is good. And God is faithful. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced. I'll say it again. If those three attributes of God get down into your heart, there's absolutely no way Satan can defeat you. A lot of people are defeated because they don't think God loves them that much. A lot of people are defeated because they don't know how good he is. A lot of people are defeated because they're not quite sure that he's faithful. Amen. But when you know God is love, you know God is good, and you know God is faithful, that settles it. If there wasn't anything else in the Bible but those three things, you could be a winner for the rest of your life. Just knowing that God is love, God is good, and God is faithful. Can you say amen? amen. Give the Lord a shout, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of you are believing for something impossible in the natural right now? Well, I got good news for you. God is faithful. Shout, God is faithful. Say, God is good. And God is love. And I know that I know it's just a matter of time. And what looks impossible will no longer be impossible because my God specializes in impossible things. And give him your best shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, my God is love. My God is good. And my God is faithful. Now just meditate on that for a couple of moments here. Just think about that. That's what that word selah means. Just selah this. That God is love. God is good. And God is faithful. Can you say amen? Give the Lord another good shout. And Jesse, come close it out. Hallelujah. Thank you. God is love. God is good. And God is faithful. 
I had no problems with the faithfulness of God. I had no problems with the goodness of God, but I had a problem with the love of God. Why? Because where I was raised, you take care of your own business. There was a scripture I was trying to change. Vengeance is mine. No, Lord, let it be mine. You take too long. You just take too long. Listen, you're in the healing business. I'm going to give you some work. I'm going to give you, I'm going to keep you busy. I had a hard time with that. You know why? Because we weren't allowed to say that. I only hugged my mother one time in my whole life when I was five years old. That's it. One time. Because my grandfather said, we don't do that. You're a man. But I'm fine. No, no. Men don't do that. So you learn to suppress. Suppress. You know, and after a while, you can, when you suppress so low, you can do things you never thought you were capable of doing because you pushed it down so low. When I got born again, I never told Kathy I loved her till five years after I married her because that was weakness. Is that stupid? Was I stupid? Yes, I was stupid. But I didn't say, but when you raised that, you showed no, you don't do nothing. I mean, if you were six years old and a truck ran over your legs and bones hanging out, daddy or grandpa come say, stand up, boy, put them bones back in your legs. I ain't paying for that. You just do what you had to do. So when God began to experience love, I never cried. Never. Uh-uh. Didn't do that. But when I got born again in a bathroom in Boston, Massachusetts, at the throne. Both thrones. You know, heaven and the throne. I was at a throne. When I got born again, tears swelled up in my eyes, Richard. That never happened before. And I'm Kathy heard me. I was in the bathroom. I went, no, no. Because all of a sudden, God broke that dam of suppression. And that junk began to come out, glory to God. And the love of God began to go in. And for the first time, I walked out, and Kathy just looked at me. And my daughter's three years old, Jody. And she looked and said, Daddy, not going to hell no more. She recognized the love of God. I said, did you tell that my daughter ain't going to hell? She said, no. But she recognized it at three years old. And for the first time in my life, I could be me. The real me. I finally met me. Through the love of God. And I had to learn. Don't misunderstand me. Always had no problem in believing that he was good. Always had no problem being faithful. Faith is, is a very, without sounding proper, it's very easy for me. Why? Because you see, I understand how faith works. And I don't put it into the future. I keep it in the now. Now faith is. But the church don't preach that. They say preach is faith now. No. Now faith is, you see. See, God has been trying to answer you yesterday, and you're trying to get him to do it tomorrow. Do you see my point? Keep pushing it. Keep pushing it. Keep pushing When God says, let me do these things. So I began to experience the love of God. The greatest trial of my life was my mother-in-law. I couldn't stand that woman. I hated that woman. That woman hated me. We couldn't be in the same room together. I mean, when I say hate, I mean hate. I mean, I could have killed her and smiled. And she knew it. Oh, we could not walk in. I mean, but we had one thing in common, her daughter. You see what I'm saying? And Kathy would say, please, come on. They always had to go over Christmas Eve. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be in her presence. That's when I was saying, and she wouldn't say, I I cannot emphasize how thick that hate was. Just hated it. Hated her. She hated me because I did what I wanted to do, and I didn't care who she was. It made no difference to me. But when I got saved, the love of God brought me to her. And I went, no, Jesus. No. Send Irene to hell. Satan will commit suicide in two weeks with her there. I'm telling you. He can't. He'll kill himself. I'm telling you. And the Lord said, you pray for her. 
oh, how do you pray? I went, you know. <laughs> I had no words. No, I, I, I had no words. And I just got born again. But God said, there's something. You can do this, Jesse. You can, I, he said, pray for her knee. She had a problem with her knee. And I said, that's the biggest knees ever. So I just wanted to just criticize her. I just couldn't stand her. But then I realized that that love of God that I had experienced, that goodness of God that I had experienced, that faithfulness that God said, you lay hands on her. And I said, Irene, I'm going to pray for your, 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 your knees. And Kathy's eyes that big. And I said, Jesus, there's a lot of work need to be done here. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. And she just looked at me. She wasn't saved. But something broke in her. I prayed and I said, Lord, heal her. And you know she got healed. And it wasn't by my faith. I wanted her to die. I'm not lying. She wanted me to die. But something changed. The goodness took over the hate. The love took over that. The animosity in it. The brutalness of what hate does. And the faithfulness of God. And then I went home thinking the trial was over. And the Lord said, would you buy your mama a new car? I said, you know I bought my mama a new car. He said, then buy Irene one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, would you buy your mama some new furniture for her home? Yeah. You know, God, I, you know, I bought mama brand new furniture. Buy her some. Would you pay off your mama's house? You know I did that, God. He said, then why wouldn't you do it to her? Oh, Jesus. Oh, and I didn't tell Kathy because I wasn't looking for an agreement. I ain't looking for no agreement. I'm trying to get out of this. But the love of God wouldn't allow the hate to go back in. Wouldn't allow that brutalness of what that does to people. And if you understand what I'm saying, think about what's happening in America today. The hate between the Democrats and, and the Republicans and the fighting. My God, when we should be Americans, we the people of the United States. We can agree to disagree. So one, I, Kathy wanted to go eat lunch with her mama. And I said, I didn't tell Kathy nothing because I did not want to hear that. But God was working on me. She began to watch my television program. I had just went on television. And it began to touch her. So they wanted to go eat some Chinese food or something. So I said, okay, well, the, the Chinese place didn't open up until 1130. So we picked her up at 1030. And she, we always like, you ever go look at new cars? Anybody ever just go out there and just look at new cars, you know? I love the smell of a new car till today. I prefer the smell of a new plane, but I like it. I love the smell of a new car. It's much better today. You know, you're growing grace. You know, you're growing. And so, and I said, hey, why don't we just go over? Let's go look at the Lincoln uh, dealership. You want to while waiting on the Chinese thing? And Kathy said, yeah. And Mama said, oh, I like them Lincolns. You know, so sitting, Kathy and her. You see, when, after you've been married a while, your wife won't sit with you. They'll sit in the back. You ever notice that? Or if you have friends, she'll get in the back with the, with the wife and the husband to get in the front. And then sometimes Kathy, I mean, she says, you know, you, you're not as close to me as you used to. I said, well, I didn't move. I'm in the same seat. I ain't moved. You're the one moved. So we drove in my guy, and we're just looking around, walking into the showroom floor. And Kathy and her mother left me, Richard. And there was a beautiful Lincoln, white Lincoln town car on the showroom floor. And the Lord said, 
buy that for her. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I even prayed, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee, Jesus. But I heard something go pop. Something broke. So I walked to this. I said, get your boss. Because, you know, I'm, I, I, I serve a Jewish God. I don't pay retail. I'm going to do business. I said, how much is that car? He told me what it is. I said, I'll give you cash for this. Now, oh, I said, the Lord, I said, the Lord said that's what I should pay for it. Now, are you going to go to hell or are you going to sell the car? <laughs> I ain't playing no games with this. I heard the boss said, the Lord. He said, God, make a good deal. I said, he's Jewish. He said, done. I said, don't say nothing. Give me the keys. Now, Kathy don't know. Nobody knows. See, that's that love of God making me give somebody that I wanted to die. Which makes no sense. But it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. See? So, man, I said, Kathy, I mean, why don't y'all sit in that car? Boom, boom, boom. I said, I mean, go ahead, get that front seat. And she said, you think so? And the man said, yes, you can if you like. And Milo, she said, she said oh, God, this is so wonderful. I said, Milo, isn't that nice? I said, there's the keys. I said, Irene, it's yours. She go, what? Kathy goes, I'm the one that should have been crying. I'm the one. Irene said, are you serious? And the man said, start it up, open up the glass doors, and let her drive it out. Something broke. Is there something need to be broke in your life? So you can understand the beauty of the Lord, the goodness of God, the love of God. Yeah. And, you know, I walked out. Now, I'll switch the story real quick. When I walked out that bathroom, saved, I looked at Kathy and I said, I sounded like the Fonz on Happy Day. And I said, you know, she said, no, no, no. Say it. I want you to say it. She knew I did, but I never said it. I said, I, and I, but, you know, I was a baby Christian. I mean, just born again in more than five minutes. And I said, I just want to let you know, I, I love you. She started crying. Jody started crying. Tears coming to my eyes. I said, I can't let nobody see this. Why? Because you're not supposed to. See, but love will expose you to the world. That's the beauty of God Almighty. How can you be like it when you're raised like I'm raised? Without sounding, I mean, my grandfather buried people in a swamp. I know that. We take care of business here. We don't call the cops. We do business. I, I, know, I hate this. I, it's just the truth. I mean, the truth is truth, you know. And he taught us that. Somebody mess with you. That's what the Mississippi River's for, boy. Okay. So that became normal. How can something like that become normal? Sin will take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay in the old statement. Charge you more than you want to pay. You've heard that people say that. See, and after a while, that becomes normal. Then it becomes business. It ain't personal. It's just business. Now, when the love of God came, it's very personal. And it's got a lot of business in it. So now I look to bless, but I don't let people take advantage of that. I don't like people walking up to me and saying, oh, you the man that's supposed to bless me. You know, Brother Jess, the Lord told me, tell me you were going to pay off my house. Well, how come he ain't said nothing to me? That's not the issue. Uh, and when I was trying to private, did I pay off your house, Roy and Mary? Yes. Did you ask me? No. Uh, you didn't even know it was coming. I didn't either. 
but just sitting on a Sunday morning on New Year's Eve. I turned around and asked Mary how much money she, she owed in the house. And Roy and them will believe in God for that house to be paid off uh, 2017. New Year's Eve on the last day. Why does God do things on the last day? Don't you want him early for once in your life? <laughs> huh? Come on, just early, Jesus. Just show up. But that's not faith. If you don't think I'm blessed... In January of 2017, a couple came and invited me out to dinner, me and Kathy, to go to the Cheesecake Factory. It was January 15th or 16th after Christmas. And so we went. I said, we'll meet you there. It was about 11, 11, 15. We got there. We're just sitting there. And they said, Brother Jesse, you've been so kind to us. I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I said, let me buy this meal. Oh, no, no. We want to buy the meal. I said, no, no. I, you know, you know, start to argue that little bit. Stuff in there. Can I put my hand on your, on, on your bike? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And... Uh, This man, Tony, made, uh, should I say it, an honorary Negro. Am I right, brother? Listen, Jesus, next bike like that, make me black. Make me black. My God. So we sit in there. She reaches in her purse, pulls out a red envelope. I ain't never seen a red envelope in my life. Beautiful red envelope. Most envelopes are white, you know, stuff like that. And she reached across like this, and her husband took his fingers, and they, she said, Brother Jesse, this is for you and Sister Kathy. I said, no, no, we got everything. We want more. We no, no, we want to bless you. This is for you personally. I said, no, no. I said, fine. Really? I said, she said, please, don't, don't, don't hurt my feelings. Just receive it. This is for you. So, I mean, she said, go ahead and open it up. You know what I thought it was? $25, $50, maybe $100. You know, buy a nice meal. That's nice. There was a check in there for $100,000. <laughs> you know, that just make you speak in tongue. That's the beauty of the law. That's the goodness of God. That's the love of God. <laughs> Faithfulness of God. Yeah. So when we got in the car, Kathy said, Jesse, you've been so good to me. You've given me everything I've ever wanted. You're a hard working man. You know, she said, I would like you to spend that $100,000 on yourself. I said, what? She said, I, I want you to spend it all. That was January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. I had the 100000 Richard, for a year and never spent a dime. Not even spent a dollar. I couldn't forget. I, I have everything I can think of, uh, you know, whatever, you know. And I know why God did it on New Year's Eve 2017, sitting there just preaching, not knowing it's coming. And the Lord said, pay off Roy and Mary's house. Yes. And that's when I asked. And she said, I said, how much you owe? And he said, we owe 107. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, well, you know, you don't, you don't owe nothing. I said, we pay your house off tomorrow. Give me the mortgage, uh, whatever, you call the people. So we paid the house off. Now watch it. It was such a blast. I got so, watch how good God is. So I came, I came back to my house. I'm walking in my study. And the Lord said, did you know what you did? I said, yes. I sowed a seed. He said, no, you didn't. I said, I think I did. <laughs> I said, I, you know, I, the Bible said, come, let us reason together. I said, that's a $107,000 seat, Jesus. I added 7000 more to the hundreds, you know. And uh, I, he, said, uh, he said, no, you didn't. You sowed a harvest. I said, a harvest? He said, that harvest came to you on a seed that you sowed in 2016. I had forgotten that. He said, Jesse, I never forget. I keep the books. I said, that's right. That's, I forgot about that. I had named my seed about that seed I had sown in 2016, and here's my harvest. He said, guess what you get when you, when you sow a harvest? I, I said, I don't know. He said, an orchard. I said, an orchard? 
100. Now, that didn't really compute to me. I'm a city boy. You know, so I was raised in the city of New Orleans, and we'd go down the buyers and the Cajun people, stuff like that. Well, I make a long story. I go to this man's church in Visalia. Is that how you say it? I had never met. I don't believe I had met y'all before. Went to his church. I may have. I don't know. But first time I've been in your church. Well, man, we had a glorious service. My Lord, it was great. I wasn't supposed to be there. Remember, somebody, something happened, and I said, "Okay, I'll give you this Tuesday night," and that's all I got. It was a Tuesday or Monday? I can't remember one of them. But anyway, so to make a long story short, he sends somebody to bring me back to the. Uh, to, uh, to, to the plane. I had to fly that night back to Ontario. And, and so I, I, I'm, and I'm driving, and also we drive by these little trees, just trees. And I mean, they seem like a mile, two miles long. And I asked the young, I said, what is that? He said, those are almond trees. And I found that in the San Joaquin Valley, they, they, they grow a lot of almonds and vegetables, you know, they feed America. It's amazing what the California people can do in the desert, you know. And I said, I, I said, almond tree. He said, yeah, that's an orchard. I went, stop! <laughs> I got to experience this. Oh, I'm getting the goosebumps. Lord Jesus. Almonds all over the, all over the ground. And the trees like this. And then squirrels and whatever. They got little animals eating all that stuff. And I saw an orchard. He said, that's what's coming to you. Oh, Jesus. So, ladies and gentlemen, I quit sowing seeds. I'm now sowing harvests. So don't get mad at me if I get richer. Because it, it, I don't love money. I don't fall in love with money. I fall in love with God. You see what I'm saying? Because that's his faithfulness. That's his goodness. That's his beauty. See, and when you understand that, oh, Jesus. And then flying back. Man, me and Kenneth and Jerry, we on that plane coming back from Guadalcanal, Florida. <laughs> and Brother Copeland said, I think I'm going to go lay down. And man, it's a long flight. I mean, you know, when I say down south, it's way down there. You know what I'm saying? People from Australia, New Zealand, they were coming to the meeting. Remember that? And, uh, and Jerry kind of slipped on. I was just, just kind of sitting in, 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 in the seat, you know, and I, you know, trying to catch a couple of winks. And the Lord said, when you get back, I'm going to astound you. I said, you're going to what? He said, I'm going to astound you. Now, what does that mean? He went, and it sounded like Gomer Powell. Surprise, surprise, surprise. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming, but it's not only coming for me. It's coming for you. Because he's no respect to person. No ministry should struggle financially in any way, shape, or form. And the reason why a lot of them do, because they believe for it. Preachers for 2,000 years, they say, now, man, you just hang on because you just never know. No, no, I don't know how to doubt. Never learn how to doubt because God is faithful. What does that mean, faithful? Full of faith. Are you hearing? So when you see that, that goodness, and now, I mean, I I can do anything I want, Richard, at any given time. I don't mean that pridefully. And and the Lord says, I want to bless you. I said, yeah, yeah, I have. No, I want to do something for you. I said, but I don't know what I want. He said, well, when you find out, let me know. I got to watch what I say because I get it. Am I telling the truth, Roy? A man came to my meeting in uh, California and uh, a boss hog, is what that called? Boss hoss. I said, it, uh, it painted like the American flag. And I thought about that. Uh, what's the name of that movie there with uh, Peter Fonda and Dennis? Uh, Easy Rod. I said, Lord, look at this thing. He gave it to me. I just, I said, that's a beautiful bike. It's yours. No, 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 no. And, and, and I don't even know how to start the thing. I got to get Jerry Roy to start the thing. The thing is so big, you know, boss, horse, what's it called, right? And, and it's beautiful. I said, Lord, he said, well, I heard you say it. 
I said, God, I didn't ask for it. He said, what did you do for Jody? What did you do for Kathy? And what did you do the other day for Meredith? I said, what you did. Oh, Daddy, I didn't ask you for that. Kathy said, Jesse, it's not my birthday. It's not a... And Meredith said, oh, Grandfather, you don't need to do that. No, I just heard you say it. Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. You understand what I'm saying? Now, don't fall in love with stuff because stuff all gets old. It just does. I looked at myself this morning in your mirror, uh, Carolyn, and I thought, Jesus, this skin's getting loose. <laughs> what you laughing at, my young grandson? You're going to look like this in a few years. You understand? <laughs> I said, good Lord. And the food is so good. See, in New Orleans, your, your belly button can't stay round. It go flat. It'll smile at you. Jerry loves that gumbo, yeah, yeah. I love it too. And I even love the burps. My, you eat it two or three hours later, burp, I go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing. They did that to me yesterday. Somebody gave us a piece of catfish. Was it ginger? You wanted to offer me some water? I said, no. No, I, I want to keep the flavor in my mouth. And about two hours later, I went, I went, oh, that was a good piece. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sometime you need to have a good burp <laughs> on the goodness of God. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? When you see that, it's just so wonderful because he is love. I, I can attest to that. Now, me and my mother-in-law, I'm her favorite son-in-law. It's truly amazing. She's a partner to my ministry. Can you believe that? From total hatred to total love. That's the God we serve. You want any more of this, Jerry? Okay. And when you understand, he will astound you. Carolyn Savelle gave me some of the greatest compliments I've ever had concerning my house. What I like about Jerry and Carolyn coming. Jerry, you know, Carolyn tells him what to do, and he go do it. <laughs> you know? Now, Carolyn, she'll walk around my house. Jesse, do you mind if I just walk around and look at some things? It just blesses me because she knows, she, you know, she got good taste herself. She's a decorating thing. Oh, where'd you get this? You? Oh, and the little things. We call it house jewelry. We go, I said, this is a piece of house jewelry. You know, and, and it's beautiful if you like the kind of the coin. It's, it, it, it's just nice. And, and, and Carolyn does a lot. With, I've seen her. She'll wake up early and just stand at the balcony and just look. And how many times? At 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm up, I go look around. I say, oh, Lord, why did you do this with me? He said, because I love you. I said, but they're outside mad at me. He said, hundredfold with persecution. So what? It doesn't make a lick of difference what they say. They're not going to be standing by you when I judge you. They ain't going to hear say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He said, I'm your savior, but to them, I'm their judge. See, there's the love of God. Let me close with this. But then there's the other coin, the other side of the coin, the severity of God. Abraham, Genesis 12, I'll bless those that bless you, 
but you better watch your mouth. I'll curse those that curse you. You don't mess with God's kids. And if you want to find the strength of a woman, touch her child. You can be 300 pounds and she's 98 pounds. She'll climb up your hairy chest and beat your stinking brains out. But that's called a mama grizzly there, partner. I never feared my daddy, but my mama I did. My mama was something, boy. They control the world. They do. Go to the mall today if it opens up. You can walk into a store. What you going to walk into? Women's perfume? Women's clothes? Women's shoes? Where's the men's section? It's back on the left-hand side by the bathrooms. <laughs> Why? Because they know women got the money. <laughs> God didn't need us, men. He needed Mary. Shout, ladies, I just set you free. Do you know you were a gift? You've got blame for the fall. And it wasn't your fault at all. Because, sweetheart, lady, when you ate of the fruit, you were still the same. Sin had not fallen when Eve ate of the fruit. Because you were a gift. Oh, Lord. When Adam took a bite of that fruit, sin fell. And then you know what Adam did? He said, well, he blamed the woman. In one sense, but he blamed God. It's the woman you gave me. You caused this, God. You gave me that woman. You, so he's blaming God for giving him, giving another woman, giving him the woman. Think about that. He cut that covenant. You see, and ladies have lived under that burden. Every woman minister knows you got to be 50 times better than a man simply because you're a woman, which is wrong. Thank God for Marilyn Hickey and Joyce Myers. They broke that man's world. Right? That's sad. And yet most women make all decisions. Why? They express love easier. They do. They express faith easier. They express goodness easier. A woman will cry. You want to watch me trip? Jesus. A man goes, boy, this cold, this cold is hurting me, man. True. See, that woman has that love side of God. And men have to be taught it. Men think love is performance. What women want more than anything is affection. Right, ladies? Give me some affection here. But a man, he thinks, well, bless God, woman, I'll give you some affection. Look at the ladies going. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And I'll close with this. Blew me away when I studied the names of God. Why'd you do that? Because his name is within me. Ooh, I'm like that angel in Exodus 23. Don't provoke him. But my name is in him. Richard, he's put his name in. So when you get words of knowledge, do you feel that? That's that name dictating to you what to say. You see that, you go, my. And I studied it. And one of God's names means the breasty one. The breasty one. 
the breast or another. And man, especially man, you see a woman breastfeeding, they try to make it sexual. When all it is is life being transferred from one life source of life to another source of life. Men try to make it sexual. No, no. What it is is God said, come and drink from the life that's inside me. So that's why we give it, Jerry. We just do what he does. Jesus couldn't go to funerals. He messed them up. And if you're carrying the body to the grave, he just stopped touching the little boy. Get up. Where are we going? We've run out of wine. Well, pour, just pour water in the jugs. Huh? Pour water in the jugs. Pour water in the jugs. Because God is faithful. And people misunderstood that. Sad, isn't it? All Jesus wanted to do was be a blessing. And he took his blessing and tried to make something bad out of it. But today, as we close out this great chariots of light thing, you go home thinking, God is good all the time. God is faithful, Lord, all the time. God is love, 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 love. So I'm going to be good. I'm going to be faithful. And I'm going to be lovable. And people are going to see it. And guess what? You're going to reach the goal bill that you and Ginger have set. For this mission. Or Carol and Jerry, whoever said that. What, a million people? Something like that. Yeah. Why not? Why not? But get ready when that happens. It may jump to a billion in the next one. I'm Jesse Duplantis, and I approve this message. (laughs) Thank you.